0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V in Lions, right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host at Javanagh87, Jack Cavanaugh, and I am joined, as always, by the Detroit Lions legend, the safety that led the league in interceptions in 2014, all pro Glover Quinn.
0: Yes, sir. What's up, man?
1: Not too much. Just still enjoying the highs of that win over the Commanders coming off a great Monday night football matchup on Monday as well. So life is good. In the Jack Capitol house. How about you, my friend? That's
0: good, man. I have to... Uh, I got to get better at that. I got to get better at being um, a fan, right? Because for me, I'm so used to, like, on to the next. You know what I'm saying? Like, you won one game. You know what I'm saying? We, we've celebrated. We've enjoyed that. And now, we got to get ready for the next game, right? So, for me, it's like, yeah, the Lions won. They played great on, Monday, on Sunday night, Sunday evening, whoop, do, do, whoop, but it's Wednesday now. Like, that's over with. So I got to get better at being a fan. It's like, hey, you know what? I get to enjoy a win all week. I don't have to think about, you know, Sunday until Sunday gets here. So I got to get better at that.
1: Well, and it's tough because you have to have such a short memory while you're playing in the NFL because. If you're thinking about your win on Wednesday, Thursday, you're taking away from the next game and you can't have that. That puts you behind the eight ball in preparation. So I I understand it. But for me, yeah, it's it's just nice to, you know, reminisce every once in a while. You go back a couple days later and let's let's go watch Aiden Hutchinson sacks again. Let's go watch Jared Goff's TD passes to Amon Ra. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, From live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's BLEAV50. Bet online where the game starts. Right. Yeah, like I said, I got
0: I gotta get better at it. I gotta get better at it. Um, but it's been good. It's been a good week for me. Like I said, you know, enjoying the wind on Sunday. And then, you know, my son had his first middle school football game on Monday night. So I got the chance to watch that, and that was fun and cool. And so took it's his been first good cut over here. to
1: the house too.
0: Yeah, man, he took his and it was so crazy because when I was in seventh grade, you know, that was my first time playing. That was my first time playing tackle football, really, in pads, you know, outside of being in the neighborhood and around the community playing tackle football. I hadn't played any other organized football. And so the first uh the first carry I got, you know, I remember I ran for a touchdown. And so he played, you know, tackle football last year. Um, but this was his first year of school ball, seventh grade. And so his first carry. He went touchdown. His was probably his was longer than I was. Mine was. I mine wasn't eighty yards or you know seventy five plus. I was probably right the fifty yard line, and uh, I think I was on the left hand side of the field. He was right hand side of the field, and uh, he's definitely a lot faster than I was <laughs> back back in uh, back in those days. So it was I fun am- to see though.
1: I'm surprised to hear you admit that at the same age that your son was faster than you. I know he probably has four, two speed already, but you know, the humbleness to admit that good dad, Glover Quinn.
0: You know, I honestly don't have a problem admitting things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't feel like, you know, a lot of people have a problem admitting that stuff. And I don't feel like that takes away from who I am and what I accomplished and And what I did, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's cool with me. And it makes me happy to see that, you know what? My son is, you know, when, when I was 12, he's faster than I was. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like I have no problem admitting that, you know what I'm saying? Because the thing is, it's all about development. It's all about how do you end up, right? There's a lot of people that will say, that they probably was better than me when they were 12. Oh, I was a lot better than you in middle school. Yeah, but I played 10 years in the NFL. Did you? Right? So it doesn't matter how you start, so to say. You just got to start, and then you just got to keep working at it and working at it. So he got a good starting spot, right? For me to be to say, I feel like as a seventh grader, you're faster than I am. But if you don't continue to work on your speed and continue to work on your game, that doesn't mean that as a senior in high school, you're going to be faster than I was as a senior in high school. That doesn't mean that as a senior in college, you're going to be faster than I was as a senior in college because I was one of those kids that wasn't fast. So I always had to work on my speed. I always had to work on trying to get faster and faster and faster because that was one of the knocks that people talked about me that they didn't think I was fast enough. So when you're fast already, do you continue to work on your speed or do you just rest and say, I I know I'm fast? So those are things that I talked to him about. But, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem admitting that uh, I I think he's faster than I was at that age.
1: Just got to keep it up. And we are going to be very fascinated following the career of the young Quinn. It's got a little bit of help at home too. Probably a little bit of good coaching going on should he choose to take advantage of it. But as you've said, you're in the clubhouse. You get to just, you're sitting there, you played a nine under game. You're sitting in the clubhouse just enjoying it while everyone else just gets to catch up. Unfortunately, Darius Slay did pass you in interceptions on Monday night. He had the two picks. Now he's at 25, but I have to say you deserve some credit for those interceptions because I know Darius was sitting there thinking, "Oh damn, I I don't want to do 20 push-ups if I drop this. I I I got to I got to catch this otherwise I'm going to hear it from Glover Quinn."
0: No question. No question because I will say that, you know, after his first first game in Detroit and he dropped an interception, I actually called him on FaceTime and told him I needed those 20 push-ups, and he actually done them. Um, and so once again, in this scenario right here, congratulations to my guy, Darius Slade. 25 interceptions, man. That's big time in the National Football League. Yes, you passed me. I stopped at 24, and I will have no more interceptions in my career. And you got 25 already, and you're still playing. So congratulations to you, man. You know, I'm super proud. You know, it's just like, like I said, for me, it's like seeing a little brother or I don't want to say a son because, you know, but it's like a little brother that, you know, is doing great things. You know what I'm saying? And so to see him, you know, I don't know, maybe that was a goal of his to to get more than me. And that's cool. Right. Like I'm not like I said about the first time. I don't have a problem admitting that like you caught more interceptions that I did. But that's that's super cool to me. Um, I'm super happy for him. He's uh, off to a great start. I mean, he looks he looks young. He looks revived out there. He looks like he's playing at a high level. And this is this would be my thing to slay, though. You know, you know how it is in the league, you know, weekend and week out. You're looked at to match up with the top guys and, you know, weekend and week out. That matchup can go either way. And so, yes, you had a great, phenomenal game, you know, on Monday night. But you're going to have to line right back up and do it again come Sunday. And if you don't do it again on Sunday, you know how fans are. You know how the media is going to be. Was it a fluke? Did he just have a good game? He had a great game against Justin Jefferson, but then he came back and played like this. So you just can't get caught up in all of the hoopla. And I'm sure he got a lot of going on right now coming off a big game on Monday night, right? A lot of interviews, probably on ESPN and this and that. People want to talk because he did have a great performance. But like I said, now it's Wednesday. It's time to get back to work and start preparing for the next, for the next uh, receiver that you got to face.
1: Especially when that next receiver is going to be Terry McLaurin, the division rival that you match up with twice a year. So that's a big one, but congrats to Darius Slay. As you have highlighted, we get to be a little bit more excited for him while he has to grind, forget about it, quick memory onto the next game. And you hope that Kirk cousins has that same quick memory. If you're a Vikings fan, if you're a lions fan, you're hoping that he has those three interceptions etched in his memory. That muscle memory starts throwing picks to Jeff Akuda and such. So what did you see from the Eagles defense as a whole against the Vikings? And are the Packers that bad because the Vikings beat the Packers 23 to seven, but then the Eagles beat the Vikings 24 to seven. So are the Packers that bad or are the Eagles just looking that good or is it just the way the NFL works?
0: Well, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Packers are kind of bad, but I think the Eagles is pretty good. You know, I think, you know, what I saw from the first game with Jalen Hurts, he looked in control and paused in the, in the, in the second game, right? Their defense looked good against us, especially in the first half. You know, they gave up some yards and points in the second half. They, the Lions were able to come back and, and make it closer. But I think their defense looked looked good. They looked better um on Monday night. Um, I think the thing that they did, From least from what I could see, is they attacked Kirk Cousins, right? They they, they blitzed him, and he looked flustered. He looked like he did not want to get hit at all, and he was trying to get rid of the ball. And one of the things that you will see from Darius that I would like to see more from the Lions DBs is to make plays in the NFL on the ball – you have to be able to see the ball, right? So, yes, when you're playing man to man, you want to see your man. But you also want to be in a position where you can see the ball. And a lot of times when you're playing press coverage, you can't really see the quarterback and the ball because you're right there in your man's face, right? But if you're playing off man, now you have the ability to see the ball, see the quarterback, but also see your man you got time to get a quick read from the from the quarterback to see it's pass to see it's three step or it's five step or whatever kind of drop that the quarterback is doing that tells you the kind of route that you're going to get and then you have time to transition your eyes back to your wide receiver so you can cover him and you see a lot of the plays that slay made on Sunday on Monday night he's playing off coverage on Justin Jefferson he he's letting him do all his little shimmying but he's just playing off coverage and now he got vision he can see the quarterback getting ready to throw the ball he can see Justin Jefferson he's playing off and he's just making plays on the ball we if you look back to the first game when we played against the Eagles, right, Slay was locked down all day on on DJ Chark, right. But the one play that DJ Chark had on Slay was when what they threw the fade route, right? He caught the touchdown, but Slay was in press coverage. When you're in press coverage, it's hard to see the ball because you're right there in the guy's face. When you're playing off, and especially somebody that can run like Slay. You're already off at seven to eight yards on these guys, so you don't feel like they're going to run past you. So it allows you to be patient and sit on all those intermediate routes and make plays on the ball. So when I look at the line secondary, every time I see Jeff Okuda, he's like locked in right there in the DB's face, press coverage the whole time. He's not even seeing the picture, what the offense is trying to tell him from a formation or from a personnel standpoint, because he's just locked in on the receiver right there in his face. You look at the money. Those guys are just pressed the whole time. Like, back off. Know your in-man coverage. Know what your responsibility is. But back off so you can at least see the offense, see the motion, see guys. Like, look at guys. They'll tell you what they're doing. They'll tell you if you just look at them. But if you get locked in too early on your wide receiver, you miss a lot of details.
1: And so is that a personal preference thing as the corner? Is that something that Akuda and Oruwari are deciding play in, play out? Or is that it's coming from the defensive sideline? That's what the coaches, the DB backs, Aubrey Pleasant and Aaron Glenn are telling them because it makes sense when you think historically Aaron Glenn, he had Marshawn Lattimore. He was the big press man cover corner, one of the most physical guys in the NFL, but Is that something that he is bringing to Detroit that needs to be loosened up a little bit? Or is there enough freedom as a defensive back to choose when you press, when you line up or back off a little bit?
0: Well, I think he's a lot of it is personal preference, right? You have some guys who feel like they're big physical guys, not as quick, not as fast. So they need to get their hands on you to slow you down to be able to try to control the route. You have some guys who are quicker guys, faster guys they 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 want to be off they don't want to be getting in the shoving match because they're smaller guys right they can't they can't body you they can't do all those things like when i was playing corner i needed to be impressed because i couldn't run or keep up with a lot of those guys so i needed to slow them down and i was a physical guy they couldn't just bully me right and when i was playing off then i just had to play off and i wasn't able to sit on the intermediate routes because I didn't have the catch-up speed to run with them if they decided to go vertical, right? And so a lot of it is personal preference as to what you feel like your game is, right? You look at a lot of interceptors in history. Asante Samuel, he's playing off man the whole time almost, right? Off man, he's reading routes, he's jumping routes, he's making plays on the ball. And so sometimes the personal preference yeah, you get in certain down and distances where it's third and short, third and one, third and three. Then you need to be up and press, man, because it does you no good to be off at seven. They catch a three yard, you know, route and they get the first down. Right. So you have to understand the game situations. And sometimes you have the DB coach that that's what he likes. So he wants everybody to be able to do that. But once again, we're in the NFL everybody's not going to be the same. You're going to have some guys who are really good at press. Some guys are not going to be good at press. You're going to have some guys who are really good and comfortable at off man, and some guys are not. So it's about catering your, your scheme to your players so that their ability can shine. Slay used to always, always love pressing, always love pressing. And the older he got, the, 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 the more comfortable he got. Now, I very rarely see him press. He likes to play off now because he's quick enough, he's fast enough to run with these guys, so he's not afraid of any of the deep stuff, and he can sit on all the intermediate routes and force you to run past him, and it's difficult. So that's why you see him being aggressive on all these underneath routes. He's driving downhill. If he's not making a play on the ball, he's punishing them with tackles. So I would like to see that from the lines, especially when you're blitzing, right? If they're blitzing Kirk Cousins, you have seen how how scared he was in 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 this past this past game. So the ball is coming out. So if you know you're blitzing and you're playing off, you're looking at Kirk. You got a seven to eight yard cushion on that wide receiver. You got time to look at Kirk. He's gonna he's gonna show you where he's throwing the ball. There was a lot of times Slay was making plays on the ball. And Justin Jefferson hadn't even seen the ball coming out yet. The first interception that he caught, Justin Jefferson is running deep in the end zone. Slater undercut it and caught it on the end zone, on the, on the goal line. The second one, they run the fade. Slays broke on the fade route before Justin Jefferson did. Why? Because he's seeing the quarterback and he's seeing the ball come out. So I think if the Lions could do that, you know, it's a copycat league. So I, the, the Lions have been bringing pressure you know, against Carson Wentz. So I would expect the same thing uh, this week against Kirk Cousin. He's not a mobile quarterback, and he seemed very, 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 very skittish in the pocket last week. So I would I would look for the Lions to, to dial up a lot of blitzes and pressure on Kirk, but the DBs got to be playing off man or off coverage so they can see that ball coming out and go make plays on it.
1: Love hearing this from defensive coordinator Glover Quinn and – that brings me to my next question is you're the DC you're, you're the one drawing up the game plan for the lions this week. And we're going to be blitzing Kirk cousins. We're going to be playing off off coverage more, whether it's man or zone, but what do you do with Justin Jefferson? Because we still have the Amani or Uwari, a question of whether or not he's going to come back off the back injury that changes things, of course, but if Amani's in the lineup or if Will Harris is in the, in the lineup, how are you guarding Justin Jefferson? Are you just having one guy play off coverage on him? Are you bracketing him with a corner and a safety? Are you shading the safety? What are you doing to combat Justin Jefferson aside from just playing off coverage to be able to read Kirk Cousins?
0: Well, I think, I think you can mix it up, right? I think you can mix it up. And when you're playing off coverage, it allows you to make everything look the same. So now he doesn't know right? So what I mean is you could be playing just straight cover one, but you're playing off man, right? So now it looks just like cover three, right? But if you get into some kind of bracket coverage where you got an outside defender and an inside defender, you're still playing off man. And now he doesn't know that he's getting double teamed on his play. The quarterback doesn't know he's getting double teamed on his play. You can have a coverage where you got basically a double team, but you got the safety over the top, and the corner is basically underneath. Well, if you're playing off coverage, but you know you're the underneath guy, then it allows you to sit on anything short. Because if you're playing off, the quarterback feels like he can make those slant routes. He can throw those little curl routes. He can throw those little short routes to get him the ball. But if I know I don't have to Run vertical with him because the safety is over the top. Now I can play off, and the minute he looks like he's trying to throw a slant, I'm breaking aggressively on the ball because if he do a double move and go vertical, the safety has him vertical anyway. So I can be super aggressive on anything underneath, and when I'm playing off, the quarterback feels like that's an easy throw for him. Like I said, you go back to Asante Samuel. There was a lot of times he caught interceptions in New England playing two-man, and in two-man that means you got two safeties high playing the halves, and the the underneath defenders are playing man-to-man, but they are underneath the wide receivers. They're playing inside and underneath. They got all of the short routes because if they go vertical, the safety is back there to help them out. So Asante would play off and make it look like he was back there one-on-one And anything short, he was driving on it, pick six in it, because he could play that way. So I would mix it up on him, but I would make it all look the same. Then I would mix it up with the looks, right? Press him and be playing a double coverage. Press him and be playing a zone. Play off man and be playing a a blitz or just whatever. But you can't give it away and be one-dimensional he can't know that every time you're up pressing him, you're in man, but every time you're off, you're in some kind of zone or quarters. You just got to mix it up and you got to give him different looks. You can't let Kirk Cousin know who's going to be blitzing, who's going to be doubling him, who's going to be doing all these things, right? You can't do that. And if you saw what they did with Slay, you know, Slay was matched up on Justin Jefferson a lot of times in man to man. But if Justin Jefferson went in the slot, a lot of times Slay was still playing outside at the number one corner because they probably was in a zone and it worked out because they trying to run those corner routes. They trying to run those out routes and slay when you got a tight end outside, he's not respecting that guy. He knows what's going on. You're trying to just get him caught up with the tight end. So you can throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. So Slay was able to play and make plays on those balls as well. So I feel like the lions got to do some of the same thing. If they look at the way the Eagles play, Justin Jefferson, they could have a pretty good blueprint as to how they can stop him.
1: That is defensive coordinator uh, Glover Quinn Jr. on the Believe <laughs> in Lions podcast, giving us the scouting report, setting <laughs> the game plan, and I love it. I really enjoy how you go back to the don't don't tip your hat in any way because a lot of the time when you're trying to fool someone, when you're lining up and press and then backing off at the last minute, people notice that. Whereas, as you've said. When you make everything look the same or you have a couple different looks but do everything the same out of those looks, it's impossible to know. That's when Kirk Cousins starts having those malfunctions. We see them all the time where something just goes off and all of a sudden he's taking a knee instead of spiking the ball. He is throwing an interception to Glover Quinn twice, Avante Maddox once, so... What do you think about Kirk cousins? Because he was only in Minnesota for that final year of your career. And unfortunately the lions lost both games against him, but you also played against him in Washington back in 2016 and you won that game. So when you were studying Kirk cousins, what were you looking for to take advantage of?
0: Well, I mean, like I say, you know, when you playing against Kirk cousins, he's not a very mobile guy. So you know that he's going to throw the ball. And Kirk Cousins, although you know he's been in the NFL, he's never been one of those guys that you look at as like an Aaron Rodgers or a Matthew Stafford that can just sling the ball 70 yards and make the throw deep, deep, deep down the field. So you know he's going to try to operate everything intermediate. He's going to be slants. He's going to be digs. He's going to be corner routes. He's going to be comeback routes. going to be all those different things, right? So you know that going in. So he's one of those guys that as a safety, you can get a real good read on him. He's gotten older in his career. And like I said, from looking at him on Monday night, I mean, obviously he plays awful on Monday night throughout his whole career. But he he looked like he didn't want to get hit at all. And the older you get, that that's what it becomes, right? You don't want to get hit. It hurts when you get hit. You get older. You just want to stay on the field. And so he looked like somebody that didn't want to get hit at all so that means he's showing you right now where he's throwing the ball as a safety he's not trying to sit in that pocket and look one way and then come back and look the other way no 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 he's showing you right now this is where i'm throwing the ball right so you got to trust those reads and go make plays right play your responsibility but trust what you see you've studied film all week you've watched him you've watched his movements. you've watched his three-step you know what his you know what he looks like when he's making certain throws, trust your film study and go make plays. And that was one of the things that I used to do. right? I want to see what do his three step look like? What does his five step look like? Because if I see it in a the game, then I know they might be trying to fool me. But this is what his three step look like. I remember we was in Philly. I was young in my career and Michael Vick was the quarterback and they had to Jackson as a wide receiver. And Deshaun Jackson was super fast, and so was Vic. Vic had a super strong arm. And I had studied Michael Vick's three-step. I had studied his move the whole entire week. And so I'm lined up on Deshaun Jackson, knowing I can't run with Deshaun Jackson. Vic comes out, and when I see it, I'm like, oh, this is his three-step. So I end up driving on the ball before he even threw it. Deshaun Jackson, if he would have just kept running, he would have clearly ran right past me. But him running right past me didn't jive with Michael Vick's drop. Michael Vick's drop was a three-step, which told me it's going to be a short route. And had Vick threw a ball that was low enough, it would have been a pick six. He threw it too high, so it went over everybody's head. But that was probably because he saw me breaking on it, and he really didn't want to throw it. You know, given that it was Deshaun Jackson, he probably was expecting to have some off-corner, right? I got space out there. I'm going to give him a quick pass, let him make some make somebody miss and get up the field. But his three-step told me that it was going to be a short pass, so I was able to get a head start on that. So those are things that you got to watch throughout the week as you're watching film. What does his three-step look like? What does his five-step look like? What does he look like when he wants to throw the deep ball? You know, if you, if you think back to – Peyton Manning, Tom, Drew Brees, a lot of those guys. See, Drew Brees was a, if he was throwing quick to his left, he would just bag straight up. If he was going to his right, he would come out in a normal three step drop. You know what I'm saying? He would come out and have his shoulder opened up, right? But if he was going to his left, he would just catch the ball and bag straight up. So when I'm watching that, I'm like, oh snap, if he goes straight back, He don't turn his shoulders. He's trying to go to the left side. he come out and turn his shoulders, he's going to the right side. So now when I get in the game and I see him get the ball and he comes straight back, I'm already gone because I know this is where he want to throw the ball. Those are things that you got to pick up on. Those are things that you got to see.
1: So the two main takeaways I have from that (laughs) is, number one, Michael Vick was so scared of you breaking on the ball that he didn't throw you a pick six over <laughs> Quinn scared Mike Vick out of throwing a pick six. And number two is more of a question. Is that how you ended up picking off Drew Brees is reading that body language on top of the flip coverage where you had digs go deep and you played the short. Yeah, that
0: that has a lot to do with it. I mean, knowing, knowing, you know, going into that, that play to picking Drew Brees, I mean, it's third and 12. So, you know, they got to try to get the first down. So who's he going to go to? He's going to go to security blankets. And they had Jimmy Graham in the game, but I think Jimmy Graham was in a grave digger position. So he was blocking or they had took Jimmy out and they had another, some from the formation, I knew the tight end wasn't going out because he was in a blocking position. So who else is he going to go to at that time? Their second basically tight end, which was Marcus Costen, right? I think it was Marcus Costen. Worked with Drew Brees a lot. Went to Super Bowl Helped. You know what I'm saying? That was his glorified tight end. So, third and 12, you got big receiver working on smaller DB in the slot. That's where Drew's going. He's not trying to throw the ball outside. He's going right there in his face. And I knew they had to go at least 12 yards to get the first down. So, I could be patient and let the routes develop. And then I saw it and I just went so that's how that happened. But, yeah, you got to study these quarterbacks, man. They're, they're going to tell you. This, they're pros, right? So pros do the same thing all the time for the most part. So the way he looks, you look at the Eli Manning, you know, Chad Power stuff <laughs> that's, that's been going out. Eli Manning goes to the the, the, the the whatever it was, and he looked the same exact way they he looked when he played. It just can't happen. That's who he is. That's what he's done for so many years. So he can't help it. So, these quarterbacks, they can't help what they do. They can't help it. That's who they are. The same way as wide receivers, DBs. You can't help it because you do it so much that that's just how you do it. That's just who you are. So, if you study it and pick up on it, they'll tell you exactly. They'll tell you exactly what they're going to do. And that's probably why Slay was able to make so many plays on Justin Jefferson, because you see when he runs his routes, he's real, like, you know, trying to get you. And sometimes he do this and you go and he breaks to the corner and he do this and he breaks to the, to the post and you break into the corner. Slay was just being patient and sitting on all of it. And so you just got to watch those things.
1: Just so fascinating hearing all the different tells of different positions. And I, I, have to wonder, is there that the same case for running backs? Because they're playing a little bit of a different position. I know in pass protection and running routes, absolutely. But when they're running the ball, it's a bit more of an instinctive thing, I imagine. Of course, you know which hole you're supposed to hit, but then all of a sudden things open up and you cut at the last second. So when you're studying running back film, is there anything that you can tell? from that in terms of where they're going to run, when they're going to bounce it, et cetera, et cetera. And does Dalvin Cook have any of those things? Because you played him three times throughout your career, once in 2017 where he did fumble, and that's only TD he scored against the Lions when you played as well. And then 2018 you played him twice and he was shut out both games.
0: Right. And so the thing about running backs, you know, when you're studying running backs, you want you want to study their – their running style basically right are they a guy that's looking for the cutback some of these runners are looking for the cutback they don't want to keep the ball front side they want to stretch it you know and they look for the cutback right i don't want to be giving out scouting reports but if i looked at say deandre swift right you look at a lot of his big runs he's cutting back right you look at the big run he had uh sunday right he pressed to the hole And once those linebackers over pursue, he puts his foot in the ground and he cuts back right up the middle, and now he's off to the races, right? I played with Arian Foster, was very big on stretching the ball, running that Denver-type style stretch offense. They're stretching the ball to the front side, and as soon as the hole opens up, he's putting his foot in the ground, and he's getting downhill, right? And you have some running backs that regardless – they, they, they keep in the front side. They don't like to cut back, right? You look at the Le'Veon Bell types. They just kind of sit back there and just kind of wait, right? They want to see, uh, uh, what's going to happen. So you kind of have to understand the type of runner that you're facing. Davin cook, obviously he has a little bit of everything, right? He's a power guy. He's a stronger guy than most people probably give him credit for. Um, so he can beat you. He could be a power back, come downhill, and keep the ball front side. But he's also a speed guy. Um, although I did run Dalvin Cook down in, I think, 2018, maybe 17, one of those years. He broke out for us on a long, 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 long run, and I had to go get him. So I will give myself that little credit, even though I, I wasn't very fast. But he has the ability to put his foot in the ground and cut back, circle defense, and take it the distance so dalvin cook is one of those special backs that can do it all especially when he's healthy so the Lions got to do a very good job of making sure they keep him contained
1: they do they do because in years past dalvin cook has been the engine that makes the vikings offense go that might be changing towards justin jefferson but still it's really a one two punch. You have to cover both. You can't let either of their two top players on offense beat you. So thank you DCGQ for that. Now, just hold on
0: real quick. Do you have numbers? I don't I don't have the numbers. Do you have the numbers of uh for Dalvin Cook on uh Monday night
1: uh, uh against the Eagles this game? Yeah. I can pull them up real quick here.
0: Let me uh, see what those numbers are. Cause I, I, I have a thought.
1: It was a slower game from him. If I recall correctly, I'll just get the actual stats up here when they load, but it wasn't okay. So here we go. Oh, that was even worse than I remembered. So Dalvin cook six carries 17 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. And then through the air, he had four for 19, 4.8 yards per reception.
0: Right. So this is this is what I want to say, right? So Lions, tune in for this, right? Okay. This is my this is my scouting report going into this game. How I think the game could possibly go. I think it'd be exactly 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 like what we saw in the first game from the Detroit Lions. What did we come out of that first game saying? Give the ball to DeAndre Swift more, more, more. Right. So you look at the first game they plan against the Packers. What happened? Justin Jefferson, nine catches, 180 some yards, two touchdowns. woo, big time. Right. You come back the second week and instead of continuing to feature Dalvin Cook to open things up for Justin Jefferson. Seems like you wanted to make Kirk Cousin and Justin Jefferson the show. And it don't work out for you, so I would expect them coming in week three to say we got to get back to running the ball because we can't put all the pressure on Kirk Cousins to sit back there and pick offenses apart, pick defenses apart. We got to run the ball so that opens up play actions and you know these these type of plays for Justin Jefferson. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin Cook is getting way more than six carries, way more than six carries. So we got to be ready to stop Dalvin Cook, and then that will help us stop Justin Jefferson. Because I don't think they'll come out this week and try to do the same exact thing that they've done last week. We've seen what what it's like when Kirk Cousins is just trying, you know, to, to to win the game for you.
1: Yeah, Kirk Cousins is not that guy. He is at his best when he's working off of play action when he can it's a it's a balanced offense and he can take advantage of both so thank you dcgq for the defensive shutdown of the minnesota vikings that we're going to bring but now for the offense i do want to wonder if you're the lions offensive coordinator how are you going to take advantage of the vikings defense after watching them against the eagles because They're getting up there in the secondary. They've got a mix of young and veteran. They've got Harrison Smith still back there. They've got Patrick Peterson playing as corner. So are those two still the elite players they've been or are they who you target now? Do you go after the young safety Cameron Bynum instead? What are you looking for? to beat this Vikings defense
0: well I think you have to do a little bit of both but I think you can't attack those guys in the ways that play into being a veteran right you're gonna have to attack those guys in the ways that hurt veteran right if you feel like they're they they're losing a step running or things like that you look at the opening week against uh, Green Bay the, run, the receiver runs right past Patrick Peterson right So you might say, okay well that's one play that we saw on TV. But when you're watching the film, you may see four or five other plays where that's happening. So you might say, OK, I see what's going on here. Patrick Peterson has a reputation of being this guy, but he's in year 10 or so right now. So he's probably in year 12, maybe
1: something like that. Because I think at- he's older
0: than Slay and Slay is in year 10. Um, So now he may not be that elite speed guy but he's still fast enough right he's smart because he's done it for a while but anything underneath he's probably sitting on all that stuff right he's probably sitting on a lot of that stuff so if we're gonna you know attack him based off what they run it's gonna be deeper passes it's gonna be crossing routes it's gonna be things that forces him to run right if we feel the same way about harrison can you know, can he get sideline to sideline from the deep area of the field? Can he play that cover two and still get there? Can he play and cover man to man? Can he run and cover TJ Hawkinson as a, as a tight end? Can he do those things? And if he can, then we try not to attack him because he is a veteran. He's done it so many years and he can hurt you. Right. But if he's showing that I don't know if he can still run like he used to. Okay, well, we're not going to make it easy for him and run TJ Hawkinson just on little simple, you know, out routes or, you know. No, we're going to run deep over routes. We're going to see if Harrison can run from one side of the field all the way to the other side of the field and keep up with a younger Harrison, I mean, a younger TJ Hawkinson. And so then when it comes to the younger guys, well, you know those guys physically, they probably can run. They probably can't keep up with those guys physically. Now you got to beat those guys mentally. Can they have the eye discipline? Can they, you know, can the young safety, can they cover TJ Hawkinson when he starts to run the deep over and then he puts his foot in the ground and come back for the corner route? Because yes, he can keep up with him running across the field, but can he have the eye discipline to keep his eyes on him when he comes back? Right. But against Harrison, you probably don't want to do the comeback or the the corner route because you're probably going to be outrunning him to the other field. And when you come back, you're going to play right into where he's at anyway. So it's a little bit of both when you're dealing with young players, older players, and how do you attack those guys? But a lot of it will come based off what you're seeing on film. And unfortunately, I haven't saw the full breakdown film on those guys. I just saw And, and, you know, know what I see from the little bit that I see on TV.
1: And that's always the thing is we as fans think we understand what's happening from the TV copy. But, no, you got to go to the all 22 to get the full picture to see, okay, well, yeah, this guy looked like he got burned on the TV copy. But, no, it's because that's not the coverage he was playing. He was sitting down because this guy's coming over here. So. Good to hear. Always very interesting hearing just what goes into a game plan, especially with these veterans, because sometimes you just hear we know this guy's elite. So Aaron Rodgers, we're uh, avoiding Richard Sherman. That was always the big story whenever the Seahawks and the Packers would play early on. We're just not throwing to that side of the field. And it really limits your offense. And I know you can't fully just okay we're saying it," throw at the elite guy over and over again but you have to learn how to pick your spots when to go at them when to try and beat them and I know you over your career learned plenty about picking your spots that's why you picked off Teddy Bridgewater twice in 2014 that's why you picked up Christian Ponder in your first season with the Lions in 2013.
0: I Man, I think Christian Ponder was my first interception with the Lions. Opening day, two thousand thirteen, I, uh, I caught right. an interception to to end that game, and then came back, two thousand fourteen. I caught an interception both games against the uh, Minnesota Vikings—one up in the, uh, up in Minnesota, um, which was my uh, second pick of the season, and then another one um, when they came to us later in the week in the, in the year which was my, I think, sixth, no, fifth, no, sixth. I think the Tampa one was five, and then uh, Minnesota was six, and then Chicago ended up being seven. Um, And then I had another fumble, forced fumble against Adam Thielen in 2017 at the end of the game to help us get that victory. So. Uh, made a few plays against Minnesota but that's what happens right they're they're not a division so we're playing those guys twice a year so you're getting way more opportunities to make plays against those guys because you see them so much um so interceptions are fun man It's a <laughs> lot going them it's a lot it's a lot go into interceptions because you, this is the thing you're playing against NFL quarterbacks and they're not throwing you the ball that's the hardest thing to get young DBs to understand the quarterbacks are not throwing you the ball. They're throwing it to the receiver. So you got to be close enough to your guy to try to make a play on the ball. Yeah, I get it. It's zone sometimes, and you can read the quarterback, and sometimes you know, bad throws happen, and we get all that. But it is the NFL, and these are professional throwers, and they're not throwing you the ball. So when you do get an interception, they're fun. And when you become really good at getting interceptions, that's a lot of fun. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know if those guys are elite, elite anymore. I don't know if they have anybody where I'm like, hey, we're not going to his side because of this, 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 this is not. Right? Like it used to be when those guys were in their prime. Right? You used to couldn't hardly go at Patrick Peterson because he was big enough. He was strong enough. He was fast enough that he could press you. He could run with you. He could do everything. I think he went seven, eight years consecutive going to the Pro Bowls. Right? I think there was a time when Harrison Smith was you know a super elite safety you know he was in a box he was in a deep field he was catching 5 6 interceptions every year you know he was playing at a super high level right there's time like you talked about Richard Sherman those guys were you know you had a better chance of not going over there than you know if you go over there you 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 you're going 50-50 and a lot of times you don't like those odds right but I don't think those guys are that anymore. I think Patrick is still – he's Pat P. He still can play. But I don't think he has the speed as, like, he used to have. And I haven't heard anything from Harrison all year. So, you know, because I haven't seen the, all 22. He may be still out there making plays. But I haven't seen anything. So I will have to take a look at look at some numbers and see what's going on with them. But obviously, you know – he didn't do enough on, on Monday night. Neither one of them.
1: So it sounds like we're going to try and get DJ Chark deep a couple times on Patrick Peterson. Sounds like the reigning offensive player of the week for the NFC. Amon Ross St. Brown's going to be running those crossers up and down the field. And it sounds like it's going to be an exciting game. I can't wait to see what ends up coming out of it. Hopefully these Vikings are as kind as the Vikings of the past. Were to you to our current Lions. What do you think the score is going to be? The final score? Because I know our sponsors at Bet Online opened the Vikings at six and a half point favorites. Within two hours, that number had come down to six. And it sounds as though the number is going to keep coming down. People don't think the Vikings are going to beat the Lions by five, six, seven points. What do you think? How's this one going to shake out?
0: Well, I mean, if I was a betting guy, I'm definitely picking the lines based off the spread. That's no question. I don't think the Vikings are going to win, and if they do win, they're definitely not going to win by six, five, or whatever many points. Not going to be the case. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go – lines are going to win, and I'm going to go – 24-13.
1: 24 13. Ooh. Big win for the Lions.
0: 24 13. I, I I think I think the Lions have enough offensively, especially given guys being healthy. I think they have enough offensively in the pass game and the run game to to be able to put up some points, right? I think we're seeing that they both everybody's understanding that. The run game, the running backs, Swift and, and Jamal, they can get theirs in the run game. They can get theirs in the passing game. You know, wide receivers. If you get open, you know, you can get yours in, off the run game, right? Play action, you know, plays and things like that. So I think they got a good vibe going right now. I think Jared Goff is feeling good coming off of, of a four-touchdown game. You know, if, if, if Swift is healthy – You know, the wide receivers, they seem to be healthy. TJ seems to be healthy. I think they got enough guys offensively where they can score. I mean, they've scored 35 points in three consecutive games dating back to last year. So I wouldn't necessarily give them 35 for the fourth, but I can give them 24. I think, you know, three touchdowns and a field goal, I think they can muster that up. And I do feel like they defensively will be able to get enough pressure on Kirk Cousins to affect him. And, yeah, they may give up a touchdown. They got some talented guys. Um, But I think they'll do enough to to hold them to some field goals and ultimately get the win 24-13.
1: Absolutely love it. You're in a similar boat as me. I don't think that the Lions are going to score 35 for a third week in a row because weird things just happen in divisional matchups. It's always tough. However, I still have them scoring 27 and winning by seven points over the Minnesota Vikings, 27 to 20 Detroit Lions win, which would have the Lions covering the spread that the Vikings currently have over on Bet online. So Glover, glad to hear we're on the same page. Let's hope for another Lions win. Let's hope for a lovely little vacation from you. And in the meantime, any pluggables to plug?
0: Um, I don't think so. I don't think so, man. Just same stuff, same stuff. Um, All watch the some DQ football, accounts, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm working on some stuff, man. It's so fun to me right now to to be at this stage in my life. You know, just. You know, I was I was talking to my manager the other day, and uh, this this is this is what's funny. I was talking to my manager the other day, and, and you know, I told him something that I was that I was doing that I wanted that I was getting into, and uh, <laughs> he was like, "That's that's cool, man. Is is that is that the best use of your time? You know." And and I I laughed a little bit, and I was like, "You know what?" it is. I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to do this or do that. Like I love being at my house. I I just love some peace and quiet and, you know, work on my little projects and build stuff and take my photos. And that's what I love to do, man. So this is the best use of my time actually. And so he's like, Well, you know, that's what you want to do, man. Let's 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 do it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'll be I'll be getting more information about that stuff as I get deeper into it. I like to have all my ducks in a row before I put stuff out there. So there's some stuff that I'm working on in my in my free time that um is fun to me. It's um it's cool to me. And I would love to share it with other people as well. So be on the lookout for that coming. Sometime, hopefully by the end of the year.
1: We will absolutely be on the lookout. We cannot wait to see all the projects that Glover Quinn is cooking up behind the scenes, all the content that you do from the your photos of real life and nature, and just everything that you take to your pictures of the shoes that. Are absolutely fire to your commentary on NFL and everything. Whatever Glover Quinn is serving up, the One Pride faithful are eating up. So, Glover, thank you again for joining me for another episode of Believe in Lions.
0: No problem, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, hey, man, it's a great week. Let's go, Lions.
1: Great week. Let's go, Lions. Another great matchup coming up on Sunday. And so,